Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Mini Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Claim comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, this is Jackie Goldschneider with two Jersey Jays, but today I am solo because I want to talk to you about something. So this week, Kelly Osborne gave an interview to E! News where she basically said that people who are against diet drugs like Ozempic are either jealous or poor. So her exact words were, people hate on it because they want to do it. And the people who hate on it the most are the people who are secretly doing it or pissed off that they can't afford it. She then called the drugs amazing and a much more interesting way to lose weight than exercise. So let's bypass her as a public figure encouraging people to go on diet drugs and discouraging exercise as a boring way to get in shape. Let's put that aside because that in and of itself is so irresponsible. And let me also say that although I co-host this podcast with the incredible Jennifer Fessler, these opinions today are mine alone, not Jen's, who, as you know, has been and is on semaglutides. And finally, my thoughts on Kelly's statements are not aimed at people who use these drugs for obesity, type 2 diabetes, or binge eating disorder. So here we go. Kelly Osborne, you are a grown woman, and obviously you can and have done whatever you want to your body. And you can rationalize your decisions however you'd like. But when you publicly declare that people with concerns and apprehensions about putting a mysterious drug into their body are either jealous or poor, you delegitimize some very serious and very real concerns that people like me are entitled to have and entitled to voice. I could be on this crap tomorrow if I want to, because every med spot in New Jersey that I pass is handing it out like candy. And I also have enough money to be on it for 20 lifetimes. So I am neither jealous of people using Ozempic. So I'm neither jealous of people using Ozempic. I'm not secretly using Ozempic. And I am certainly not too poor to afford it. So I'd like to respond and reiterate why some of us might take real issue with drugs like Ozempic. So first... I see the way that this is going, and every day it's becoming less and less acceptable to be overweight. 
And that's a very dangerous world to live in. And it's a world I don't want to live in. A few years ago, we were embracing curves and fuller bodies. And now with so many people going on these drugs, especially public-facing people who are people we watch and emulate, we are seeing rail thin bodies instead of healthy, normal bodies become the norm. We're seeing heroin chic normalized again. We are seeing skinny as the new average woman's body. And many of us have daughters like me. I have a 13-year-old daughter. And sometimes she grabs her thighs and asks me why they're so big, even though they are not. And sometimes she hates her stomach, even though it's perfect. And some of that is my fault because I very publicly um, recovered from an eating disorder and I let my daughter watch me mistreat my body for most of her life. But all the things that I've tried to do to undo those lessons that I've taught her are being overshadowed by all the newly emaciated bodies that she sees everywhere. And now she's growing up in a world where it's almost unacceptable to not be thin because Everybody can be thin now. Everybody can get on diet drugs now. And not being thin means you must be poor, right, Kelly? And no one wants to look like the poor fat girl, do they? I know so many women on these drugs. It is everywhere. And every day, there are more and more people taking it. And as everyone around me suddenly has their ribs and shoulder blades sticking out, I get scared for the world and the values that we are creating. So where are we going as a society? Where are we trending when it comes to women's bodies? That has nothing to do with being poor. It has nothing to do with being jealous. That is a very real concern. And by the way, what if, like Kelly said, you are too poor to afford it? Then what? Then how do you get thin like everybody else? Maybe by starving yourself or throwing up or taking a different kind of dry drug. When skinny becomes the default and the new normal, that's the kind of standards we are imposing on the average woman now, and it is very dangerous. Maybe some of us are concerned because these drugs lack long-term studies on people who are not suffering from type 2 diabetes, and we worry. We worry for our friends and our sisters and our moms and our daughters who are injecting themselves with a drug that affects so many of their organs. Ozempic mimics the hormone called GLP-1, which helps the pancreas release insulin. I am not a doctor or a medical professional, but this is what I gather from research. So semaglutides stimulate your pancreas to release insulin. It also stops your liver from producing glucagon. Semaglutides send signals to the appetite center in your brain to reduce hunger and increase fullness. It also slows down your digestion and your gastric emptying, helping you feel full longer. So basically, it affects your pancreas, your liver, your brain, your endocrinal system, your intestines, and your stomach. Common side effects of Ozempic are nausea, vomiting, and diarrhea, which all lead to appetite suppression. And hence, with all of that, you lose weight. Other side effects can include inflammation of your pancreas, which is called pancreatitis, Changes in your vision, hypoglycemia, which is low blood sugar, kidney problems like kidney failure, serious allergic reactions, gallbladder problems, thyroid C-cell tumors, and medullary thyroid carcinoma. So maybe 
some of us are worried about that, that a largely unstudied drug when it comes to non-diabetic bodies that people we love are taking. Maybe we worried about their muscle. Maybe we worry about their muscle loss that we've seen people we love experience, which is very dangerous, especially for an older woman's health. Maybe we worry about malnutrition and hair loss and all the other things that can happen to your body when you do not eat enough. Maybe we're worried about what they might find in a few years in people we love who are using these drugs because a lot of people we love are using them. And that has nothing to do with being poor or being jealous. Maybe we're worried about what happens when you have to come off of these drugs. Because unless you plan on staying on them until the day you die, once you come off, almost all the studies show that you gain back most, if not all, of the weight that you lost. Maybe we're worried about all the people who will then be left spiraling because their skinny body is slowly disappearing and they're desperate to get it back. And here's where I have skin in the game. Maybe we're worried about all the new eating disorders and cases of anorexia and all the anxiety and mental health issues that might cause. And trust me when I say that anorexia is a living hell. I know because I lived there for 18 years. I starved myself for 18 years close to death because I was so desperate to be thin. I hated the body that I lived in. What if someone like me is legitimately worried that all the people that never had eating disorders before get so used to being thin that they don't want to go back ever, no matter what, even if they have a side effect that forces them to choose between their health and their diet drugs? Maybe we're worried because the drugs are close to being approved for use in children. When I was 16, I was so desperate to change my body. I would have been first in line for these drugs. I shudder when I think of my undeveloped adolescent body being injected with diet drugs so I could shut off my hunger instead of learning healthy ways to manage my weight. I would have given myself a life sentence gladly. I would have begged for it so that I could be thin. And we know how this goes. It gets approved for kids with certain BMIs, and then you have doctors and med spas that'll figure out ways to tweak that and get it into your child's hands with not quite the BMI you're supposed to have, just like they did for adults. And as kids start using Ozempic and add to all of the Ozempic success stories that we see on TikTok, then you've got an adolescent trend like Stanley Cups and Sol de Janeiro products, except this one is potentially very dangerous. Maybe some of us are worried about all the teenage girls we know suddenly feeling like they have to be on Ozempic also, including my little girl. Maybe we're worried about people like you, Kelly, who belittle people who aren't on diet drugs, who make it seem like there's something wrong with us for being wary or for not wanting to be rail thin, or for people who want to feel okay about living in a larger body. Maybe it's people like you who make it so that when people see someone who's overweight, we assume that that person must be poor or have some medical condition that means they can't use Ozempic. Maybe we worry that people like you will look at anyone who's not thin and say, what's wrong with them? Why are they still fat? Or maybe we just can't stand going to dinner 
and being the only one at the table with an appetite. Maybe selfishly, we hate the way that makes us feel when we watch our table mates order an appetizer as their meal and pick at it. Maybe we hate the negative self-talk we go through when we're the only ones at the table eating. When we ask ourselves, should I keep eating? Even though we're hungry, but we feel bad about finishing our meals because no one around us is finishing their meal. Maybe some of us hate that, or maybe that's just me. And this is all not to mention the many diabetic people who cannot access their medication because of this ozempic trend. And if that is not a legitimate concern, then I don't know what is. Either way, be careful with your words, Kelly Osborne. I'm very happy for you if you're happy. If you love being skin and bones and you have no concerns over your health and no concerns about your mom's health as she dips under 100 pounds after losing 42 pounds in four months and saying that she can't gain anything back for some mysterious reason. If you have no concerns about that, then I'm happy for you. I'm happy that you're happy. And I hope you don't go on to suffer any of the potential side effects people are not talking about. I just ask that as a public figure and an influencer, you be careful with your words because there are women listening and teenagers and preteens listening and watching you and shaming people who choose for whatever reason not to use a drug that makes them thin is a very dangerous and irresponsible thing to do. And that's all I have to say. I gotta go now, guys. It's time for me to eat. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts.